What are the most important fantasy football takeaways from the losing wildcard teams of the first weekend of the 2023-24 NFL playoffs? It's time to break it down right here as the Cowboys and Eagles go down among four other teams on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iyer. And when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Together on the show, we're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league or playing DFS year-round. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day day as well we do have a busy show to get into we're going to look at the losers of the wild card round and look at the top reactions from fantasy football we're going to look at what happened in their games so that disappointed or pleased and then look forward to seeing what they could do and what's coming up in the future for these uh, fantasy assets and the teams in general so we'll have fun with that the cowboys and eagles uh, probably the Biggest shockers going down, but we'll get to all the teams here on the show. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, let's dive right in. Now, the Cowboys, look, if you played them in DFS, you were happy in the end with Dak Prescott. He had four and three yards passing, three TDs. Had those two interceptions, one a pick six, one essentially like a pick six because it led to a Packers touchdown early, and they were trailing. So that was it. The Packers could not uh, relent that lead. It was 48-32 in the end, so a lot of points there. CeeDee Lamb ends up with 17 targets. He catches nine for 110, but had some key drops, some weird routes early in the game. So, Michelle, look, from fantasy-wise, they came through, but – is there any concern here? Just a lot of question marks on how committed maybe Dak and CD are now. CD's looking for a new contract. Yeah, and CD deserves it. I mean, the thing is that stinks for Cowboys fans and the Cowboys is they finally got going. It just took them forever. Like they could not have thought about a worse first half if they dreamed of the worst case scenario, right? Like it took them to that final second of the first half to finally score a touchdown after their defense imploded as well in the first half. So I do feel bad. You you did not imagine that game, but super happy for the Packers and Jordan Love looked great. But yeah, when it comes to Dak Prescott, you know, this is like, it just keeps happening right in the playoffs. It's how long are they going to be patient with that? Obviously he's such a good quarterback in the regular season he's going to be back. Uh, maybe there'll be some coaching uh, changes, but I can't imagine they change the quarterback with after Dak's great year. And then CD lamb should maybe be the first wide receiver off the board next year. Uh, we'll talk about him and some other guys here shortly, but I, I think he's a, a totally viable first option at wide receiver in 2024 drafts, as long as he gets that big contract. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that the Cowboys didn't do that we thought we're going to see a little bit 
better from them was the running game, right? Without Ezekiel Elliott, it was Tony Pollard. Yeah. Brian Schottenheimer coming over. Technically, Mike McCarthy called the plays and took over the offense, and they went kind of pass-happy once they realized their offensive line rushing attack wasn't all that effective. Tony Pollard actually finishes on a high note here. 17 touches, 85 yards. He actually scores a short touchdown in this one, which has been a struggle all season long. Now, he's a free agent. Do they move on, and are you interested if he stays in this offense the way it is? You know, I, I think they're going to have to move on, right? They're probably super happy that they didn't pay him that contract in the offseason that he was wanting. They signed him to that uh, free, uh, what was it, the um, restricted free agent? Or the franchise tag. franchise tag. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> they're probably super happy because he, I think he showed this year, he's not very good as a lead back. So, yeah, I think this was his opportunity to show he could be a lead back. And even if he does stay in Cow- with the Cowboys, probably on a lower contract and likely they bring in someone else to share touches with him, maybe that helps him. But the way we thought his ceiling could be when he owns a backfield to himself, it just wasn't there this year. Yeah, maybe he's just a change of pace, needs another guy. And Ezekiel Elliott, by the way, is a free agent again. If they want to go out and get him uh, from the Patriots after a pretty good season, not only uh, supporting Madre Stevenson, but in the end, taking over and being a fancy asset. So we'll see. Yeah, but Tony Pollard, you just can't feel great about investing. I mean, I think you're okay with CD. Dak, we'll see. But uh, there's a lot of uh, fluctuation we know from the quarterback scoring from year to year. I don't see him leading the league in touchdown passes, for example. So it'll be interesting. The Cowboys do have a lot of questions, a lot of things they need to answer defensively as well after that beatdown. Now, the next team that also lost and these teams look like they were going to be battling for the Super Bowl. The Eagles go down. Now, Jalen Hurts had a pretty rough game there. 250 yards, one passing TD, only had one rush for five yards. And this guy scored 16 rushing touchdowns in the regular season. He just looked hurt with that finger. He had the shoulder injury from last year, the knee injury from this year. I don't know. I think those hits are starting to really add up here. Look, if he didn't have those rushing scores, which is an obscene amount, right, of 16 scores in short range, he would have been a disappointing fantasy quarterback. Now, are you feeling that he's still part of the big three, Michelle, in 2024? It all matters what happens with A.J. Brown here. It seems like there's a lot of drama happening with A.J. Brown. I know he sat out. They called it a sprained knee. We never really got MIR. MRI results like I don't know he uh kind of deleted everything that had to do with the Eagles on his social media so did he just not want to play has he given up on the team is he upset who knows like if he was happy with the team would he have pushed through this injury we'll never know uh we'll see if he requests a trade here or what happens if he doesn't have AJ Brown next year I'm going to have a hard time putting him up there in that top three. Luckily, though, because of how bad his ending the season was, there's a chance maybe he's a good value next year. Maybe he drops because people are scared. But since week three, the Eagles averaged 18.9 points per game. What, one in six record during that time. Uh, Weeks one through 12, they're great, averaging over 28 points per game. Jalen Hurts was a really good fantasy quarterback, mostly due to his rushing touchdowns, but still you'll take it. But since week three of 13, and that's a big chunk of time, they've just yeah. looked terrible. Yeah, they went that losing streak. They were able to beat the Bills in overtime, kind of save themselves. Yeah. Now, looking back, it's a game they probably could have <laughs> lost the way they were playing. So when you look at, yeah, A.J. Brown, I don't know. Like, I would have got it through and play. We know what Terrell Owens did back in the day. He tore up his knee, and he played in the Super Bowl and almost helped them win. So kind of disappointing that Brown didn't try to go. Devonta Smith, of course, goes off in the game. He's Mr. Reliable yeah. there. But A.J. Brown with the knee, yeah, 
I think they need to look at a third receiver too beyond Dallas Goddard to give them some help. So a lot of question marks there going forward with AJ Brown, a guy with a history of knee injuries and Maybe that's why the Titans were reluctant to sign him long-term. He's a bit fickle, right? I mean, early in the season, he was complaining about the ball. Then he got fed like everything. And then he got quiet again. And then this knee injury. So a lot of weird things with A.J. Brown. And I don't know, some vibes that were not totally loving. Now, DeAndre Swift, look, he had his moments, right? He had some big games. He had that Vikings game early in the season where he dominated. We thought, okay. He's the guy, right? They got a great value. Philadelphia native. They got him from the Lions. But he just kind of faded really hard down the stretch. And the real thing was the whole running game kind of died. Their offensive line struggle. He ends with 10 carries for only 34 rushing yards. Very rarely used as a receiver, but somehow got used here with the negative game script. Five catches, 35 yards there. I don't know, Michelle. I don't know if he's going to be re-signed by Philadelphia. I mean, <laughs> they made the right decision not bringing back Miles Sanders based on his season. But DeAndre Swift, when you look at his capacity with the Eagles was not an upgrade from what Sanders did last year. No, and I don't expect him to be some guy I'm looking to grab next year, even yeah. if he, I mean, of course, if he signs a big contract with the team or even like a, a semi big one for running back contracts, then maybe I'll change my mind, but it's really time for the Eagles to draft a running back yeah. as well. Bring in some young talent, do what the lions did with bringing in Jameer Gibbs and maybe also add a veteran running back as well. But uh, yeah, I'm not interested in Swift next year, especially because, yeah, he just had receive receptions in this playoff yeah. game. But because of these running backs in the Eagles backfield, don't get too many receptions. You're counting on those touchdowns, which Jalen Hurts takes it all up. Uh, it's never going to be fun, I don't think, to roster a Eagles running back as long as Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback there. Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, you need to have like a touchdown spike the way that Sanders had last year. You're really not going to get it. And if the Eagles don't score enough, then there's not enough touchdowns to go around for Hertz and the backs right near the goal line. So that was also an issue here with the Eagles. As you mentioned, they're a cooling off period from week 13. So my questions going forward, we'll see if Nick Sirianni keeps his job. I think that will happen. Mike McCarthy, we'll see. But uh, these... Uh, Offenses, teams, NFC East, definitely a lot of pressure going into the offseason. Now, we'll look at uh, some other teams as well that lost and see what they're going to be doing this offseason, including Michelle Steelers. We'll do that here uh, right after this word from LinkedIn Jobs. All right, we told you at the top, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It's the start of a new year, so every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's what we have in the NFL. We all have to have winning teams, put them together. That's the same building a roster in fantasy. You want to have the right mix there that's going to be winning for you. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified and quality candidates. So easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resource to hire. That's where LinkedIn jobs comes in. Thankfully, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnFL. It's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. 
All right, Michelle, it's time to continue the show, and I'm going to throw this one to you pretty quickly here. Look, your Steelers put up a fight here. They got in the game in the second <laughs> half. That's all you were looking for. They got my special teams play that uh, kind of sparked them and kept them around until the Bills pulled away late. 31-17 is the final. It's not unexpected, right, from this result. Tough game, and then they had to move it uh, two days, and that, that's going to throw off a team, right? So when you look at it, Steelers, look, they kind of played with house money, overachieved down the stretch. A big part of that was Mason Rudolph's play. He ends up with a eh game in this one, right? He wasn't very pretty. He had the red zone interception. Now, he's a free agent as a Steelers fan and as a fantasy person here looking at the best option for these weapons. Do you want it to be Mason Rudolph coming back on a cheap deal? Do you want to look at Kenny Pickett with a new offensive coordinator or you want to go out and get a Kirk Cousins, maybe, maybe Baker Mayfield doesn't want to stay in Tampa. What do you want to do with this quarterback situation? I, I mean, my number one option would be to trade for Justin Fields. That's for okay. sure. If okay. my options are Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett, I'm picking Mason Rudolph a hundred times out of a hundred times. Cause okay. even in that game uh, yesterday, Mason Rudolph played a fine game, I thought, compared to what we've seen out of Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. It was still light years ahead of those two guys. Yeah, the the pick in the end zone was unfortunate that that was his worst play of the game. And that was insanely cost costly for that game. So that stinks. But I, I think Mason Rudolph earned himself a nice backup contract. Like okay. he was about to be out of the NFL, uh, not even yeah. as a third string. People don't even want him. Now I think he gets a nice little soft, you know, gig as a second string quarterback somewhere gets that comp or gets that um, contract. Maybe it's with the Steelers, maybe not, but yeah, I, I would love to see a new veteran quarterback or even a rookie quarterback for the Steelers this year. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of options, we know, and teams cycle through a lot of quarterbacks this year. Again, I don't think they'll spend money on a Cousins. He's older anyway, and I don't know if you want him in this situation. Uh, look, Mayfield, we saw a turnaround with him. Maybe it's trying to find the right coordinator that can uh, find one of these guys, like a Geno Smith or Mayfield, and turn them around. So there's always a potential there. But, yeah, uh, it's hard, right? Rudolph... He's going to probably try to cash in elsewhere. They could also bring him back on a cheap deal, have him as a contingency plan or a bridge for Pickett if they want to stick with him in that direction. Now, do you feel better now about George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Freemuth, just seeing their final game that they all produced in their own ways? I know Pickens didn't really go off. He lost a fumble and all that, but Freemuth looked good. You had Deontay Johnson score a touchdown. So do you feel better about these guys if they can get the right coordinator to make the most of them next year? Yeah, definitely George Pickens for sure. He should have a really big third year as long as, I mean, it's going to depend on the quarterback situation. If it's not Kenny Pickett and pretty much if it's anyone else, I'm going to be excited about George Pickens. Deontay Johnson, he get traded. Who knows? I would actually be kind of shocked if he's still on the team next year. But yeah. uh, again, all depends on the quarterback. And Friermuth was so inconsistent over, just, I mean, pretty much his whole career for fantasy. He just reminds me of Keith Miller, a really solid actual tight end not any guy you really wanted in your fantasy on your fantasy rosters or you're, you're not taking him early whatsoever so I'm going to be in the same boat with Friermuth as I was heading into this season and it was not very high yeah I mean they're just going to need somebody that can maximize these weapons their play calling to get them involved kind of make sure that these three are the main guys right and not extend too much so they're in the pocket of fantasy targets that you're looking for so Look, uh, they might expand Calvin Austin's role and maybe go 11 personnel. They could uh, 
have Fremuth on the field, but there are a lot of uh, good offensive minds out there. They need to bring in one because overall, if they keep all three, these are still three talented guys. If they can get someone who can connect now, Najee Harris, look, we were big on him. You really liked him in this game. Unfortunately, they got behind and became more of a Jalen Warren type, given a few touches here while we're trailing type of game. Now, Najee Harris, are you still feeling him as an RB2? I'm a little skeptical, I think. I know he was terrible early and really came on, but I guess this is going to be your backfield going forward of Harrison Warren. Yeah, if you can grab him in round late round three, round four, I'm going to be open to him again as long as it's not Kenny Pickett. He's never going to have a super high ceiling, uh, but as long as they're not getting murdered like they were in this game early on, he should have pretty nice volume. And sometimes that's what you need as your RB2 in your fantasy leagues. Yeah, and that's probably his ceiling right now until we yeah. see anything else. Uh, maybe they upgrade the offensive line. I don't know if I would still go there. It just depends on how this uh, offense play calling plays out and what kind of scheme they're running uh, with run and pass. Now, it was a rough ending for the Dolphins. I can't believe this is a team that scored 70 points at one point this season. They scored seven in this playoff loss. The Chiefs defense, we know it was pretty darn good. Up front, Christian, George Karloftis, Legereus Sneed did a great job on Tyree Kill in this game to contain. Now, Tua Tagovailoa. there's just so many negative feelings about him, right? He doesn't even get to 200 yards passing, 199, 1-1. One one. He strangely has 25 yards rushing when he's not a very mobile guy. I don't know, Michelle. I mean, the Dolphins fans, again, are having a referendum a little bit on Tua and his future. I don't know if I can invest him in fantasy. I think they're going to have to get some help. And I, I don't know, like just having two receivers there. And if one guy gets hurt or you face a tough matchup, it's over. And the better teams, better defenses, he just doesn't seem to be viable at all in fantasy. Yeah, they need to add a tight end and a wide yeah. receiver three that's, uh, you know, at least a safety option that you can rely on a veteran slot player or, or something like that for him because Jalen Waddle gets hurt every single game. I brought that up. He may yeah. not miss the game, but yeah. he's always injured. So you need someone else besides just Tyreek Hill. Tua just completely collapsed towards the end of the year. Final three games, including this playoff game, he's had four passing touchdowns to five interceptions total over the last three games average 203 passing yards per game so just absolutely atrocious numbers here by him and then anytime this Dolphins offense played a good team a team that had a winning record uh they just they couldn't do anything they averaged 16 points per game in those games uh, as an offense when all in all the other games against the bad teams, they average 35 and a half points per game. So just completely beat up on bad teams this year, just struggled so hard against good teams. I don't know where to take that for next year. Yeah. Are they going to continue that or <laughs> getting more help for Tua? Does that change some things? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they want to model themselves off the 49ers offense, but the biggest difference is they've got the three weapons there plus running yeah. back who can take over games that is very special as a receiver. So it's a big, big difference. Now, speaking of running backs, I mean, Raheem Mostert, okay, look, I know this. He's 31 years old. He wears his jersey number. He's old. He's got a lot of injury history. There's no way we know. It's the Jamal Williams effect, right? You're not going to duplicate a ridiculous touchdown season as a running back, especially at his age. Now, look, we know we're going to fade Raheem Mostert. And in relation to that, how much are we going to spike Devin Achan? I mean, you look at him and look, he had his opportunities here, nine touches, 30 yards. He got involved a little bit of the passing game. 
Mostert ends like probably the way it's heading next year. Eight carries, 33 yards. He had a negative reception and no TDs in this game. So talk to me about a little bit about where you're seeing this Dolphins backfield. And is that fair to do? Just say you're going to fade Mostert no matter what and look at a Chan as a high upside guy. Yeah, I think I am going to fade Mostert unless he goes super, super late and they don't add anyone yeah. else. The, I think Achan has one of the biggest question marks right now when it comes to what will his draft price be yeah. next year? Like, who do they add in this backfield? What, like, what type of player do they add in the backfield? So much can change with what his projected draft cost is. But if I think if it stays around that fifth round or somewhere reasonable where it's not, it doesn't spike up too crazy. I think he's going to be a really nice option to have a super high ceiling in any, you know, you know, for any given week, but also just for the full season. And actually maybe he, he doesn't need to be a 300 plus touchback to do that. He just has to be a little bit more consistently involved in his second year than he was in his rookie season. Yeah. Uh, look, he, yeah, it's it's going to be a little bit of a boomer bust pick. I would lean toward boom, right? He's got an explosive talent we've seen in games, and he has to stay healthy himself. He missed some time. So it'll be interesting, right, uh, to see if they add a back to change things. Because Jeff Wilson Jr., Raheem Mostert, HN, you cannot <laughs> rely on any all any or all of those guys who stay completely healthy. They all miss time this year. So something to look at there for sure. Now we will get into our final two losers from the wildcard round in our final segment there, the Rams and the Browns. Yeah. Before we do that, let's talk about another two of our great sponsors. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, or you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. And you can even make in-game wagers and live same-game parlays. All you have to do to get started is visit FanDuel.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, just visit FanDuel.com slash LOCKEDON and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or one of my nieces or nephews got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. 
All right, let's hop into these last two losers from wildcard weekend. We got the Rams, the, pretty much the only good game of the week, Rams <laughs> versus the Lions. It was a close one, 24 to 23. Puka Nakua went off. Matthew Stafford had a solid game, but the Lions just slightly outdid him here. Puka Nakua, how early is too early to take him? Because he has, of course, he breaks the record for most receiving yards by a rookie in a single playoff game. Because why wouldn't he? He broke every yeah. other record. Yeah, this dude is just unstoppable, <laughs> it seems like. I mean, he gets downfield. He's big, strong. He blows by people. He spins around people. I mean, he's a special receiver all around. There's nothing fluky about Puka Nakua. And guess what? His role can only get better and expand. Now, Matthew Stafford's a bit of wild card, but it looks like Stafford's going to be back, right? I mean, the way he played this year, he didn't look hurt. He looks healthy, good. Why wouldn't you want to keep playing for Sean McVay? And it's a good passing game. So when you look at that, I mean, yeah, going back to CeeDee Lamb, I think you def definitely start there, right? At receiver and Justin Jefferson still, assuming Jefferson's fully healthy. And then Tyreek Hill is going to be in the conversation, as we mentioned. But Puka Nakua is right up there. I mean, he's going to be a dominant number one for the Rams because, look, you also have to consider Cooper Cup, right? Only five of 27 there were five catches, 27 yards, nine targets. When you look at Puka, what did he do? Nine for 181 and a touchdown on his 10 targets. He was more efficient. He was better. He was more dangerous. He was the go-to guy. I don't think people down the stretch were saying, we got to stop Cooper Cup. I think we're there like, Puka's going to kill us if we don't protect against a big play. This guy is just a beast. I mean, when you look at traditional number ones who dominate and put up big numbers, Puka Nakua has got it all. The speed, size, strength, all the things you're looking for. Cup kind of broke that mold, right, in the slot and dominating. So, look, Puka, I think there's a conversation piece there. We'll see how high he can go. But I think he's definitely an elite top half wide receiver one. Yeah, he's going to end up going in the first run. I think he's going to be one of the more riskier picks yeah. because it, so much of it is going to depend on Matthew Stafford's health. But that's hard to really go by because, yeah. I mean, Kirk Cousins is never injured, right? So you're like, yeah. oh, Justin Jefferson's safe. And then he loses Kirk Cousins. So you can lose any of these guys to lose their quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford does feel a little bit riskier. And so much of this Rams offense is having Stafford healthy and out there. But Nakua, especially Cooper Cup, like you said, are getting older. Who knows if he's going to retire or whatnot yeah. or be with the team next year. But Nakua is going to be a first-rounder. And then are they going to have two first-rounders next year? Because how high will Kyron Williams go uh, next year after what he's done this year? Yeah, I'm going to – again, I, I'm going to press pause. We talked about this. Uh, we looked at those breakouts. I just want to see a little bit more, and this is what kind of concerned me, right? A smaller back got a little bit banged up in this game. They had to use Ronnie Rivers more than they would like. And if they could have st stuck with Kyron Williams, he ran really well. And you mentioned this, Michelle, like you weren't afraid of the Lions matchup. He was running well that. I mean, 13 carries for 61 yards is a very strong average, 4.7 yards per carry. Even got a catch in this game. So when you look at it, look, yeah, Kyron Williams is for now the feature back. Now we're going to have to watch what the Rams do in the backfield, if they do anything crazy and McVeigh gets a little fickle, he wants to go in a different direction or he wants to bring in a power back to ease some burden off Kyron Williams. All these things could happen, but as it stands right now, I think Kyron Williams to me is definitely in the RB1 conversation. I don't know if I would draft him you know, right behind Christian McCaffrey, but I think based on the volume, based on his role, I think you have to look at him as an upper half starter at that position. 
Yeah, it's good. The whole top five running backs this year for rankings for, for the 2024 season is going to be very interesting because we just saw so many running backs struggle this year or get injured or uh, it just not get the consistent volume. So I think we're going to see a lot of differences in people's running back rankings for next season. That will be a really fun discussion to just have all offseason long. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one discussion we might have is how high to take Nick Chubb off the knee injury, but Kareem Hunt finishes. I know there was a lot they're working for the Browns in that 46-14 loss to the Texans. But Kareem Hunt's a free agent, so Nick Chubb would seem to be in a great position to have a big rebound season, assuming he's healthy. Now, my question is David Njoku and Amari Cooper, right? Joku, I think, is here to stay, but Joe Flacco was a big part of it. Amari Cooper also benefited a lot from Joe Flacco. Now, Amari Cooper turns 30. David Njoku is in his prime. Where are you kind of feeling out these guys next year, Michelle? Amari Cooper will still be there in the late wide re- wide receiver twos, yeah. early wide receiver threes. Uh, definitely, like he's getting older as well. And we just is Deshaun Watson ever going to actually play a full yeah. season with the Browns? We'll see. David and Joku is going to go way too high for me yeah. next year, and it was all because of the end of the season with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco loves tight ends. He averaged eighteen point two points per game with Joe Flacco. Cool. He averaged six point nine with Deshaun Watson, six point six with Dorian Thompson Robinson, and seven point zero PJ Walker. He had so many bad games before yeah. Week fourteen. Like that's, I mean, Week fourteen, the Week eighteen is the only reason he's ranked. Or, he finished highly because the NFL season's so short. It's a small sample size, but that can skew anything, especially at the tight end position when so many tight ends are, you know, really poor for fantasy. So yeah, David Njoku looks like he finished with an amazing year, but I don't think if you drafted David Njoku, you had him on your team by the time he went off because he was doing what he normally does. Not much of anything. Yeah, I'm not even excited because Harrison Bryant is a free agent, right? I'm just not going to – I don't know if I don't if I want to attach myself too much to the Browns. I think when their offensive line comes intact, Nick Chubb is healthy, guess what they're going to do? They're going to run the ball, be more about that, and Joke is going to go back to blocking more. I don't know. There's so many variables here that I think I want to stay away. I want to reassess, right? I want to take my time, look at the Browns, see what happens, Chubb's health, Jedrick Will's health, Jack Conklin's health, then we'll come back. Is Watson going to play all that good stuff? So, yeah, look, uh, it's good Flacco effect for fantasy, but otherwise uh, out on the Browns, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. There'll be a lot changing there, I feel like. Just, A, obviously with Deshaun Watson, but just they have to add other wide receivers. Who knows who the if they bring in another running back in case Nick Chubb isn't fully ready to go. They, they probably make a lot of changes in terms of their uh, player personnel headed into next season. All right, so that wraps up this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll turn our attention next to the divisional playoffs. We'll look at what's happening on Saturday. We'll look at what's happening on Sunday. Put together DFS and prize picks and all that for you this week to close the show. For this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.